Welcome listeners, I'm Casper. Welcome to Bug 77.7. I'm joined here with my fellow podcast friends, Hendrix, Will and Finn. Good morning listeners, I'm Finn. Today in our first episode, Commonwealth Games winner and Olympic participant Letitia Scanlon will be joining us and answering our Olympic experience related questions. We've been waiting for this a while, so let's get into it. Thanks, Cass. My name is Will. Good morning, Letitia. We really appreciate your time with us and hope you can survive the entire session. How's your day going so far? Good, thanks, guys. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm really excited. Glad to hear it. I hope you're up to answering some questions. Sure. Okay, Okay, Letitia, we are now going to be asking you some questions. First of all, how did you get into clay target shooting? So I got into the sport um, via my dad. It was a really great bonding experience for myself and him to do when I was young. I was always at the gun club because he was a shooter. And I just thought one day when I was around 14 years old, I was like, I might as well have a go and see how it is. And yeah, it just progressed from there. And it was just a great bonding experience. Um, and he's my number one fan. So it, it's been a lovely journey with him because he obviously introduced me to the sport and, you know, to get to the Commonwealth Games and the Olympics. Um, yeah, he's very, very proud. Great answer. Next question. What went through your head when you found out that you were going to be competing in the Olympics? The, the second time that I got announced that I was going to the Olympics, I was super excited because um, I think the first time it was just all a whirlwind of emotions, um, whereas the second time it was, you know, it obviously it got postponed for a year and, and it was all uncertain if it was happening. So I think there was definitely more excitement um, because of the long wait. And yeah, it was just, it was a really exciting time. Did anyone inspire you to do what you do now? Great question. I don't think anyone inspired me within the sport. I do have people that I look up to, like one of my mentors is Russell Mark. But when I got into the sport, I didn't think I was going to go to a Commonwealth Games or an Olympics. I just did it for fun. So probably not anyone that inspired me within the sport. But when I look back and think about when I was young and and watching the Olympics, you know, I I remember when Kathy Freeman won her gold medal at the 2000 Sydney Olympics, and I think that was quite inspiring, just to see someone that had so much pressure on her shoulders and and all the crowd, and yeah, to do what she did, um, yeah, I think that really resonated with me. How did you cope with all the pressure whilst competing in your events? Pressure is a funny thing. I really actually enjoy pressure. Um, when I compete, I, it raises my heart rate. Um, you know, it just heightens my senses. So I actually really enjoy pressure. And I think pressure comes um, when you when you least expect it. So I actually wasn't that nervous um, going into the games. It was probably um, more so like going onto the bus and out to the range. But actually when I was shooting, because I've been doing it for so many years and I know exactly what I'm doing and, and I know what to expect. It wasn't, there wasn't that pressure, but there'd be just little moments like on the bus or at the food hall where I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, this is actually happening. When you were a child, did you expect to play the sport or even go to the Olympics? No, not at all. I didn't expect to, I was never interested in guns or I never aspired to go to the Olympics. Um, I was just happy kind of hanging out with my friends and going to school. So it was just one of those things that kind of fate brought me to it and it's super exciting. 
um, that I look back now and I was like, wow, how, how far I've come from, you know, just trying a sport and then being kind of good at, good at it and, and progressing and setting goals and, and training really hard to get to where I am today. How old were you when you got interested in clay target shooting? I remember shooting my first target when I was 14 and then it wasn't until 15 that I decided to take up the sport, get my gun licence um, and yeah, start competing. Every time you get ready for your sport, do you get nervous? No, I've been doing it for 16 years now so um, it, it's only big events like the Commonwealth Games and the Olympics that I get super nervous. Thank you very much, Letitia. We really appreciate your time and you being on our podcast. Great answers. Thank you. Also, thank you guys for listening to our podcast. Bye. Bye. Charlie, Marley, Ava Matea, are you ready to interview our footy player? Charlie, Marley, Ava Matea, are you ready to interview our footy player? Welcome to our podcast. Today we will be interviewing the one and only drumroll, Mark Fitcher, aka Fitcher, about his footy career. Hi Fitch, thank you for joining us today. We are going to ask you some questions about your footy career and where you are at now. What age did you start playing footy? Alright, I reckon I started playing footy when I was about eight years old at Digley Footy Club in the under, in the under eights, I reckon it was. Wow, that is a really young age to start playing. <laughs> when did you just start footy, Fitch? Um, probably my pa. My pa was my, my biggest influence and my dad, um, they both sort of played footy and all my school friends when I went to school, they all played footy as well. So I just wanted to run around and play footy with all my friends at school. Well, they must have been pretty good role models. What they was, were, yep. What was the worst injuries you've ever had over the years of playing footy? Um, I've had lots of bad injuries. I've, I've broken my ribs twice. Um, I've broken my wrist, I've broken my ankle, um, but they were probably the worst injuries that I've got playing footy. Um, yeah, so they, they're all pretty much the same. They all hurt pretty much the same, I reckon. Yeah, did did they take a while to recover? Yeah, I reckon they took about in between two or three months each for those injuries to recover. Yep, so it took me a while. I've also heard that you're coaching at Edithar Aspendale. Tell us how you feel about being a coach instead of a footy player. Um, I love being a coach. Um, it's, it's good fun. You get to sort of the, – the difference between coaching and playing, I suppose, is you sort of – when you're coaching, you can come up with plans and watch the watch the um, guys try to implement your plans that you've come up with. But when you're playing, you're sort of just running around out there worrying about yourself, not everybody else. So I really enjoy coaching. It's, um, it's good fun. It's a different side to footy that you don't really get when you're playing. Yeah, yeah. it must be really different. Because yeah, it's, it is. It's a lot different. Yep, on the for sure, out on the sides. Yeah, it's a lot different than out there playing. Is Edithvale a good team? Are we a good team? Yes. Yeah, we are. Last year we weren't that good, but this year, the new year that's coming up now, we're going to be a really good team, I think. Yeah. What teams have you played for? What teams have I played for? Okay, I've played for. I've played for lots of teams actually. I've played for um, Dingley as a kid, and then Springvale. And Noble Park, and Edith Vale, and South Cairns, and Bomb Beach, and Carrum. I also played at the year at Carrum as well. So, I've, and Chelsea Heights. I've played at lots of different teams, lots of different clubs. Wow, that's a lot. What one was your favourite? 
Um, Edith Vale. Edith Vale's been my favourite club to play at, for sure. Easily, easily Edith Vale. Yeah. It's a really good team. Do you plan on continuing coaching at Edith Vale Aspendale? Yes. Yes, I do. I do. For as long as I'll have me helping out down there and helping out coaching, I'm going to I'm gonna for sure help coach out at Edith Vale. Yep. No worries at all. Yeah, that team must be a real... It's like a family. They are. They are. They're... All the players um, I get on really well with and I'm all really best friends with all the players and they are, they're like, we are like a big family down yeah. there. Yep. Yeah, well, we wish you and your team a good future. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Fitz, for joining us in our podcast today. I hope no worries and, and thanks for giving me a call and, and good luck with it, girls. Great job. Thank you. Um, I hope you had a good time. I know we did. Ah, awesome. I did. I had a great time. Thank you. Okay, bye. bye. Okay, bye. See bye you guys. Bye. See ya. Hi everyone, welcome to the Pod Squad. I'm Eli. I'm Kai. I'm Darcy. I'm Kieran. And I'm Huddy. Today we are interviewing the ex-St Kilda Football Club player, John Giorgio. Hi John, thanks for being here with us today. Okay John, here is the first question. What inspired you to become uh, an, a professional AFL player? What inspired me? Well, my um, older brother used to play football and, uh, and he was pretty good. And then I had a... Um, my cousin's best friend was Darren Mullane, who was a, um, a, a star footballer at Collingwood. And I used to go and watch him play. And, um, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be like him. That's great, John. Uh, next question, Dars. Who was the hardest team or player to play against? The hardest team um, for me at the time was West Coast Eagles. And... Uh, West Coast Eagles, and the hardest opponent at the time was a guy by the name of Chris Mainwaring. Oh, yeah, that's great. Okay, the next question. Which AFL player did you look up to as a kid, and did you ever get to play with them or verse them? Yeah, so there was a few. I used to love Peter Dacos and Darren Mullane, and, um, but unfortunately they had sort of finished by the time I started, so I didn't get to, um, I didn't get to play against them or with them. How did it feel getting ready for the draft? Well, I can't answer that because when I played, um, the draft wasn't in place. Um, they used to have the under-19s, so the football clubs used to have seniors, reserves and under-19s. And I went through the under-19 system with St Kilda um, and the under-18 competition where they draft players from started the year after I'd finished that. So I actually missed out on the draft. It's kind of interesting how they didn't have a draft back then. What was the highlight of your AFL career? Uh, definitely my first game, um, which was at a ground that they don't use anymore, but at Moorabbin. 
for the Saints. That was our home ground. Um, so that was definitely my uh, highlight of my career was the, the first game, first senior game at Moorabbin in front of a big crowd. That's it for us today, guys. Thank you for being here with us today, John. And we all hope you guys tune in again soon. Thank you. Bye. No worries, guys. Well done. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Thank Thanks. You. Fantastic. Well done, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Welcome to Come Everyday Online Life. Today we are going to talk to Miss Holford about how she has felt during online learning. Hi Miss Holford, so how was how have you felt whilst teaching your school classes during online learning? Hi Indy and Abby. Um, I have to say it was very different. Um, I really enjoyed it because it was a different way of teaching for quite a long time. Um, we did things like all our meets and we played different games through our meets. We did our learning in a different way which was really interesting and I think I've become a lot more tech savvy than what I ever was before being that I had to do things online. So I really enjoyed it. However, I love being back in the classroom and seeing all my students face to face every day at school, which is really nice. How are you feeling about being back at school? Uh, oh, sorry, I just answered that, didn't I? I feel really good being back at school. I think it's a lot easier teaching your class from the classroom. So it's a lot easier for me as your teacher to have you back. Um, but it's also just so nice to see you girls and everyone else in our class because throughout the day I didn't really see you much unless we were on meet. So it was actually really nice having you all back in the classroom again. Thanks, Miss Holford. Now it's time to speak to Mr J. Hi, Mr. J. What has been your biggest highlight in online learning? Hi, Abby and Indy. My biggest highlight, was it? Mm. Um, I think my biggest highlight would have been all of the fun little jokes and pranks that my, um, my class liked to play on me and the other teachers during remote learning. I had um, one of the students in my class... Um, he liked to Google the lethal dose of just about every ingredient that we were using in our cooking classes. So that was always a lot of fun. During remote learning, how are you feeling about coming back to school? How was I feeling about coming back to school? Pretty mixed, actually. I was Part of me was enjoying um, just like being able to sleep in a little bit more and, you know, I didn't have to drive to school and things like that. And that was, that was really nice. So there was some positives to it, but I was really missing the, the company of, um, all of my students and, um, the other teachers and, and just the community that we have at Karen Primary School. I was really missing that. Now it's time to interview Evelyn, Amelia and Ruby. So girls, what has been your top favourite thing during online learning? Math. Maths. Maths. 
So girls, do you like online learning or school learning better? School learning. School learning. School learning. Why do you like school learning better? Because you can see all your friends in real life. So you can play with each other. Um, so you could see all your friends. Thanks girls. It's time to interview Kobe, Arlo, Judd, Will and Harrison. So boys, what's your favourite thing being back at school? Um, seeing my friends. 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 Are you happy about being back at school? Uh, sorta. Yes. Not really. Kind of. Yeah! Thank you boys. Now it's time to talk to Ruby and Taylor. So Ruby and Taylor, how are you feeling about being back at school? Good. Good. Why? Because I can see all my friends. Because I can see my teacher. Thanks Ruby. Now it's time to speak to Mimi, Elliot, Marley and Ellen. So guys, how's your first year at Cam Primary School been? Good. 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 Thanks guys. Thank, Thank you, you for listening, listening to Cam's Everyday Online Life. Bye! The boys back from the couch! Welcome to the boys back from the couch. And we'll be talking about life in COVID for a teacher. Now for more info, over to Lockie. Thanks, Geordie. Today we'll be interviewing Miss Holford, a teacher from Cairn Primary School, on how she went during online learning. Thank you, Miss Holford, for being here now. Now let's get into the questions. How did you find teaching at home? Thank you for having me, boys. Um, I found it really interesting. It was very different to teaching in the classroom. It definitely had its positives with um, the different meets we were able to do and the activities we could do online. But it was definitely challenging to not being able to work with you guys in the classroom and just kind of help you out when you needed it. You had to wait to send me an email and then I had to respond and then we had to meet. So it was a bit tricky, but it was definitely an experience. Yeah. Yes, thank you for that answer. Was it hard setting up Google Meets each day? Uh, it wasn't hard setting them up. I think probably the first one I set up, I, it was new to me, so I had to work out how to do it. But once I was doing them every day, it wasn't too hard to set them up. It was just probably... Um, something I had to think about with trying to make them engaging to try different things every day I know cahoots were definitely a hit yeah <laughs> yes. and then lots of people had different suggestions and then with people at school with yeah. the like restrictions yeah and stuff. they couldn't get on to certain things and we had to yeah. try and cater for them so that was probably the trickiest thing about the meets and then with internet connection getting people yeah. on and cutting yeah. out and yeah that was probably the hardest thing being at school for me yeah it, would, yeah, it would have been. And it was tricky at school with the, the kids at school because you only had limited access to certain things. Yeah. yeah. What are the benefits of online learning? 
Um, I think there was a lot of benefits. I definitely, for personally for me, one of the benefits was I think I'm a bit more tech savvy now. I think I know how to use some devices a bit better. Yeah. But I think it was really good for a lot of students' confidence because sometimes getting up in front of everyone in the classroom is nerve-wracking. But I felt like our quieter students actually spoke more and were engaged more in the online yeah. stuff because they could turn their camera off so no one was watching yeah. them but they could still share so I think that was a real positive for, yeah. for remote learning and I thought that a lot more of the quieter kids including Jimmy actually partaked in uh, Toasties they which is pretty, yeah. Cool. pretty cool yeah. yeah I think I think you're right and I think having people in your home like we were all in your home you were able to yeah. show us things and kind of connect us in that way and we kind of found out more about each other which was really really nice yeah yeah, yeah. What are the benefits of being at school? Oh, there's definitely lots of benefits being at school. It's a lot easier at school, I have to admit, for a teacher because trying to manage everyone online is really tricky. So it's definitely easier having you all back on site. Um, and I think it's just easier for us to communicate with you. It's so hard to check emails, try and respond to everyone, get you all on meets at a certain time. And if you don't read your email when I've sent it, that kind of thing, <laughs> at least in the classroom, I can literally just go up to you and tap you on the shoulder and help you out. So that's definitely yeah. easier at school. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty hard mm. every now and then, even if we're in the middle of a Google Meet and we just get a text on Gmail and we have to respond. Yeah. Pretty hard. Yes, yeah. exactly right. And it was tricky. In a classroom you can just go up to your teacher yeah. online it's so much you harder gotta you gotta wait and then what do you do while you're waiting if you need help exactly yeah, yeah. i normally just go and like do something <laughs> else maybe like have some food or say yeah. hi to my family go on and youtube stuff. or something i know that was popular yeah <laughs> yeah what is the worst thing about being at school during those times um the worst thing about being at school i don't know if i'd say there was a worse thing i think the the, probably the saddest thing I felt for you guys because you didn't get to see your friends much and all the kids at home who stayed at home permanently, they had such a long time away from being around people and yeah. their friends and I think that was really hard for a lot of people. So that was probably one of the yeah. challenges with remote learning but I think being at school, because we only had a limited amount of kids, it was actually was easier to manage as well because we only had a few of you at school not all yeah. our grades i think i know what your worst part was oh when I my goodness you of that, spider. that that actually yeah that was that was a challenging moment for me when i kept getting spiders put in my hoodie and my hat and, <laughs> and on my desk in my food oh my and this one hairy like it was a fake spider but it was passed around a lot <laughs> okay what was the most challenging thing about remote learning um, I think probably what I've said already, but like with the communication with you guys, I think it was yeah. challenging to to be able to help you the best that I could with the fact that you weren't right in front of me. Yeah, I think like that even was when you're at school, it's hard because you had to look at the kids and then yeah, like look at yeah. emails and stuff. And you're right. That was probably a challenge too when you were on site for the day with the kids at school, trying to still connect with the kids who are at home online still was hard because I was so focused on the kids at school. Yeah. yeah. Um, what are the benefits about returning back to school in the classroom? Oh, there's so many benefits. One, that I get to see you guys every day and in person and we can actually do things together. Um, but I think definitely a benefit is that you guys are back socialising with your friends. And with mm. teachers, we're socialising again with each other, which is really nice. And then having you guys in the classroom, it's so much easier. So much yeah. easier. 
Thank you, Miss Holford, for being here. The boys back from the couch! Welcome to the Sports Experience Show. I'm your host, Archie, and I'm joined by Cyrus, Jimmy, and Sachin. Hi. In these episodes, we interview a different person about sport and their experience with sports or watching sports. Today, we're joined by our guest. Please welcome Michael. Hey, how are you? So, you know how this works. We ask eight questions about your experience growing up or what you currently do with your sports life. Okay, let's get into it. Firstly, for question one, what is your favourite stadium and you've been to and why is that? So, favourite stadium? I've got, I've got a few, but anyway. Favourite, favourite? Have to be the home stadium, of course, of Newcastle, which is St James's Park. Uh, just because it's where I've been going since I was about four. And, uh, you know, we've seen lots of good games, lots of bad games there, lots of great moments, lots of not so great moments. That's always been so that is your so St James's Park will always be the favourite. You know, but I've been to some other fantastic stadiums as well. You know, I've been to the New Camp in Barcelona, went to Wembley, you know, we've been to Anfield. Lots of nice little stadiums as well. There is around the country as well in England. And obviously the MCG is a fantastic stadium as well. You can't miss that. But the favourite favourite have to be St James's just because of so many happy times. Great answer, Michael. Very insightful. So, Michael, what is the best game you have ever watched and why? Best game ever? Uh, probably Manchester United-Newcastle. Uh, we beat them 5-0. And the reason why, the year before, Newcastle were leading the Premier League by about 15, 16 points. And Man United came back and beat us by the end of the season. Then we played a game called the Charity Shield just before the start of the season, which is always the winner of the league in the FA Cup play each other. And Man United hammered us again. And the next time we met was at St James's Park and we beat Man U like 5-0. And it was just the best thing ever. Best losing game would be when we lost against Liverpool and it was 4-3 and it was one of those seesaw games that was just an amazing experience to be at. It was also the first time I was ever at Anfield. Question three, what is the best goal you have ever witnessed and why? Okay, so best goal ever. For me, that's uh, a goal by a person called Peter Beardsley. We were, Newcastle were playing Brighton Hove, Hove Albion and he just skipped past about four players and just rifled it into the back of the net. You know, it was there was no special game or anything. It was probably in Division Two or something like that. But it was just a fantastic piece of magic. But there's loads of great games. What stadium would you say has the best atmosphere and why? So best atmosphere, another good question. So obviously I'm going to say St James's Park again because that's the home ground. You know, there's nothing better than having 50,000 people in your home stadium, everybody's from the same city, you're all cheering for the same thing, that's always fantastic. But apart from that, you know, like, there's some really great little stadiums in the UK as well, where they create a fantastic atmosphere, you know, places like when you used to go to the old uh, West Ham Stadium, of uh, Upton Park or Loftus Road at Queen's Park Rangers, where they're built in the middle of housing estates and literally the stands are on top of the pitch nearly and they just create just fantastic atmospheres. The only other thing about atmosphere as well is that in the UK, different to what it is in uh, Australia, 
you're separated. So you don't go and sit next to your mate who's playing the other team. He's like, if you went to, I don't know, Chelsea, you would have like 50,000 Chelsea supporters there and only about two or three new thousand Newcastle supporters so those two or three thousand people it's their job to make as much noise as the 50,000 Chelsea supporters and the Newcastle fans were always pretty good at that especially when we're playing well. Great answer Michael what is your favorite soccer chant? So favorite chant well mine's more of a favorite song so we at Newcastle we sing the Blade and Races and you sing this when you're doing really well you sing at the end of the stadium you sing it you know at the half time it's our traditional song that we sing at Newcastle. Favourite soccer chant? Lots of them you can't repeat the words to primary school kids, so we'll give that one a miss, alright? Cheers, ta-da. Let's give that a listen. What is your favorite soccer team and why is that? Favorite team? It's probably going to, you, you might have got the theme by now, but it's going to be Newcastle United. Reason, and of course, why? Well, I was brought up in Newcastle. I was born there. I was brought up there. And you really don't have a choice. That's it. If you're born and brought up there, you support your local team and not, nothing else. You know, I lived in, so I've always supported Newcastle. I lived in Edinburgh for four years in Scotland. And I used to support the Heart of Midlothian there, who were my local team there. And since I've been in Melbourne, uh, I go for Melbourne Victory. Now time for the final question. The final question is, not really about experience, but who's the best player to ever step foot on a football pitch and what is your reasoning? Best player to ever set foot on the pitch? For me, personally, it's Peter Beardsley, who I spoke about, about the goal earlier. He's a Newcastle boy. He had to leave Newcastle. He went to Carlisle to start his career. Then he went to Canada, played for a couple of years. Then he signed for Newcastle United, played through 
some glory years of when we were playing with Kevin Keegan on the pitch as well. And, you know, great players like Chris Waddle and uh, Paul Gascoigne, who all played for England as well. And then he left Newcastle to join Liverpool for a few great years there. Played for England, came back to Newcastle and finished his career with us. Went on to coach for Newcastle as well. But he was a, he was a player who had fantastic skill on the ball. But he was a really good team player as well. He never stopped running, never stopped working. You know, he was just like, you know, you put him on, you pick him before anybody else in the whole team. Great answers, Michael, to all the questions and to the viewers listening at home. I want you to answer the last question. The question was, who is the best player to ever step foot on the soccer pitch? And that takes us to the end of the first but not last episode of the Sports Experience show. We would like to thank our special guest, Michael, for giving his insights of his Sports Experience show. Have a great day and we'll see you soon. Hey, I'm Aria. And I'm Abby, and welcome to Triple A's Netball Podcast. Today we'll be interviewing the very special one and only Miss Holford. So, Miss Holford, can you please tell us how some of your games have gone? Uh, well, we have won one of our games. Uh, the teachers, we started it because we wanted to be uh, more social and catch up. Um, so we do it more for fun, not so much for um, competition. So only one win so far. Can you please tell us what your favourite netball position is? Uh, I really like playing the wings and I also really like goalkeeper. Really? Um, why, do you, can you tell us why you started playing netball? Uh, well, the teachers and I, we found that we never really were able to see much of each other even though we're in such a small school and we wanted to socialise a bit more while also being um, a bit active. So we decided to get a whole group of us together to play netball. Uh, that's really cool. Uh, can you tell us who's on your team and if you have a captain, who is it? Uh, we don't really have a captain, but I'd have to say um, Miss Derricks would probably be our captain because she organised it all and is the only one that actually knows really how to play netball out of all of us. Um, but we have Miss Ferguson, we have Miss Scarola, Miss Bolton, Miss Murray plays with us and then we also have a few extras that um, fill in to fill up our team too. Uh, thank you for all of this. It's been really lovely having you, but unfortunately, our time is up. Thanks for listening to Triple A's Netbook Podcast. See you, See you next time. time. Bye. CCN. We're back with the principal of Cam Primary School, Mr Langford. Hi Mr Langford, I'm here to ask you a couple of questions about some concerns happening around the school. Thanks Lockie, it's great to be on, on the meet with you. So, when do you think the parents will be able to come back into the gates? 
Well, parents are, are actually allowed in the gates. They just have to follow certain protocols when they come into the school, Lockie. Um, I think some of our parents have probably liked the fact that they can drop their children off at the gate and not have to walk into the classrooms with them. Um, but as long as people are fully vaccinated, when they do come to school, they can come to the office and sign in and they're welcome to come in and volunteer around the school as well as walk their children to the classrooms. Didn't know that. And when do you think we'll be back doing assembly? Yeah, we've talked about this. We're trying to find a solution because we'd love to run an assembly. We want to do our student of the weeks. We want to celebrate all the wonderful things our children do each um, each day and throughout the week. We're, we'll have an assembly next week. It'll be on Friday. We'll have an assembly to celebrate our grade sixes when they, they finish uh, for their primary school years. Great. What is your biggest concern? Big question, isn't it? Um, I suppose my concern at the moment is just to make sure everyone's feeling safe when they're at school. Um, so making sure that, that they're being kind to each other in the playgrounds, that they're listening to their teachers and following instructions um, and making sure that when they come to school, they're trying to do the best they can. Thanks for coming to chat, Mr Linford. Thank you. Welcome back to CCN. Now we have Mr. Mulcahy to be asked some questions from Blake. Hey, Mr. Mulcahy. How are you today? Uh, look, I'm, I'm really good, actually. I'm, I'm loving we're doing a lot of interviews today for the podcast series, and uh, I'm very excited by uh, what's happening so far. So, I have a question. Do you think that any time soon we'll have our masks at Camp Primary School not to be mandatory, at least for the three fours, for the start of 2022? You know what? I hope so. I hope so, but I've just this COVID business. It seems to be dragging on forever and a day. And uh, at the moment, we wear it because we're keeping each other safe. So I get that, but uh, it'd be much better if we're having no masks, of course. Awesome. And do you think our lives around current primary will, will be back to normal anytime soon? Do I think so? I hope so. I mean, we're sort of getting back to normal in a lot of ways, aren't we, fellas? We can actually walk around the community and do things without wearing a mask. And uh, I, but. Uh, Normal, I mean, what is normal nowadays? Maybe this is the normal. We're always going to be living with this for a while, but yeah. 2022, it's better than it was in 20 and 21. Yeah. Good answer. What's your greatest concern around the school? It's a tricky thing because, um, I mean, the preppies, they've basically, well, the grade ones have basically missed two years of schooling in a lot of ways, haven't they, Blake? Yeah. So um, it's it's a really, it's, it's a difficult time for them, I guess, every kid at school. But, you know, we've got some amazing kids at our school and we've got some amazing teachers. And uh, I think that um, in time and hopefully sooner than later, we'll get ourselves back onto a normal position. What do you reckon, Blake? Do you reckon it's um, impacted on you a lot? Uh, well, I'd say it's impacted on me because of grade four, I had to do remote learning for half of that year. And um, then grade five, also another half. So really, I've only had one year of um, learning from two years. So Yeah, so it's, it's and, that, and every kid's in that experience across the world in a lot of ways. Yeah. So yeah, we've got a lot to make up. But I, I reckon, as I said, we've got amazing kids and teachers at our school. So I reckon we'll get back there quickly. Yeah, hopefully. Great job, Mr. Marco. We'll see you back in the studio, Blake.
Wait, we're not men in black. Yeah, we're way better than those guys. We are the COVID agents. We are undercover spies that will help you through this pandemic. Today, we'll be interviewing three very special guests. Miss McInnes, Chelsea, and Achilles. We will be asking each adult two questions and they will tell us what it has been like as a parent and teacher. First up, we have Miss McInnes. Hello, Agent L. First up, what's it like teaching kids at school? Since you teach a bunch of one-twos, it must be ver- a very big task for you. Uh, I definitely prefer teaching these kids at school. I find there's something new and different every single day, which I love. Uh, one day we're being super creative in inquiry and STEAM, and the next day we're having lots of fun playing maths games. So something new and different every day is definitely um, a highlight for me. So do you like like better being at school? Uh, I definitely prefer being at school. I think remote learning has its perks, such as staying in your pyjamas till midday and having lunch whenever you want. But I definitely prefer being back at school with the kids, seeing them face to face, having lots of laughs and lots of conversations with them. Um, I definitely prefer being back at school with all of them. Okay, thanks. Uh, Next question. What was the most fun thing about lockdown? There were a lot of pros and cons during the pandemic. Yeah, I think um, definitely the highlight yet, having your lunch whenever you wanted, staying in your pyjamas, also working outside. I uh, was able to work in my backyard in the sun, which was quite nice. Um, Me and my kids, we also played lots of games online, which was a lot of fun. But again, it doesn't really beat being back in the classroom. Being back in the classroom is much better. Thank you, Agent L, for joining us today. It was nice interviewing you. Now, next up, we have Agent A. Hello, Undercover Spies. Hi. First question, how hard has it been to help your kids with remote learning? For the most part, it was fairly easy, although there was the occasional thing that I got stuck on while trying to help my kids. It's been such a long time since I went to school that my memory is a little bit hazy with some of the questions that that you kids are learning these days. Okay, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Um, Next question, what did you enjoy most about lockdown? Well, I have an incredibly busy job uh, that makes me work all sorts of hours throughout the night as well. So the best thing about lockdown was that I got to spend much, much more time with my family and it was lots of fun. Okay, thank you for joining us today, Agent A. Thank you. Goodbye. Next up, we got Agent C, aka Agent E's mum. Hi. Hello. It must be very tough helping your kids with remote learning. First question, what was the hardest part about lockdown? I think the hardest part was not being able to see family and friends as often as we normally do. Um, And probably the kids missing out on their activities after school. Okay, thanks. Next question, what was the most fun thing about lockdown? I liked spending the extra time with the kids and they got along really well together and played lots of basketball and did a lot of trampolining. Okay, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, we need more people like you. Also, thank you listeners for being brave through lockdown and staying safe. If you can, please wear masks and be hygienic. We are Agent S, Agent J and Agent E. The undercover local spice that will try to answer your questions. We are signing off for now. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Patty. And I'm Noah. And I'm Blake. And I'm Luca, and welcome to our podcast. Today on our podcast, we'll be interviewing Mr. J from Karen Primary School. And we'll be 
announcing the team lineup for the Ashes. Let's get started with our event. First, we'll be interviewing Mr. J. Hi, we are going to have some questions for you. So, do you enjoy te- teaching at Karen Primary? Um, well, hi, first of all, boys. Um, good to be here. Um, of course, I enjoy teaching at Karen Primary School. It's the best school to uh, to be teaching at, I think. If you were the principal, would you make us wear masks? Um, of course, I would make you wear masks because we need to be wearing them to keep um, keep each other safe. Good keep question. Ourselves safe. Good question or good answer? Good answer. Good answer. I thought so. Yeah. Do you like KFC? Um, KFC as in Kentucky Fried Chicken? Yeah. yeah. No, no, I'm not a big KFC fan. Sorry, yeah, I'm neither. sorry if that's um, a sponsor of the show. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what is your favourite hobby? Favourite hobby? Um, yeah. My favourite hobby would probably have to be... I, I really enjoy reading and it's definitely not sport. You know that that... You know that, don't you, Luca? You love sport. No, no, definitely not sport. I'm not a huge sport fan. Stop lying, you love sport. (laughs) Probably reading or drawing. Stop. No, not lying. I'm not lying. It's probably reading or drawing. Um, What type of phone do you have? I have a... Well, I used to have a very old phone, as you guys know. I used to have an iPhone 4. Um, but I recently oh, upgraded best. to a um, Google Google Pixel Five. Um, oh, yeah, other yeah. Oh, other yeah. phones are available. Um, upgrade, of course. Should have um, got iPhone thirteen. Uh, <laughs> very um, expensive these days. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Who was your favourite kid in your grade this year? Oh gosh, that's um, obviously one of these guys. No, <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I'll just do the classic teacher thing and just say I don't have favourites. Who is your least favourite in your grade out of all the years you've been teaching? I um, please say me. I'll do. That. I'll do. I'll do, a, I'll do another Probably classic. Bad. I'll do another classic um, teacher thing, and I'll just say I don't have any least favourites either. <sighs> Great choice. Oh, so disappointing. Are you in a book club? I used to be in a book club, but I'm not in one anymore. No. Okay, well, that's nice to know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks I'm, for the I'm answers. So um, I'm so glad you are so interested in nice. in interviewing me. If you're an athlete, what sport would you play and what team would you play on? If, if I were an athlete. Um, I One of the only sports that I know the, the rules to is um, rugby league. And so and so, my dad used to take me to um, Melbourne Storm games a lot. So uh, I know the rules. Um, so I'd probably play for Melbourne Storm. Maybe you should um, gain up a little bit of muscle. Yeah, I probably need to bulk out a little bit, I think, to, uh, to be in a rugby This team. is the most important question yet. Okay. How much money do you have? <laughs> now, <laughs> I, had a big, I had a big laugh at That's this question one. before. Um, Come on, at least how much, how much money do I have? <laughs> you mean on me right now? Yeah. No, no, no. no. Just right my now? personal your bank, bank balance. Oh, your so, bank balance. So, what, bank so we'll rephrase that question. We'll say, what's um, Mr. J's net worth? Yeah. How about that? Yeah. What's yeah. Mr. Yeah. J's current net worth? It's got to be big. Probably, look, yeah, probably a lot more money Bring than you have, Luca. Probably a lot more money than you have, Luca. Yeah, probably a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I can afford sweaters like this, probably a lot more. If you had to pick a favourite sport, what would it be? If I had to pick a favourite sport. I know this sport. one. To play. To play. What to would it be? Play. To play. No. Uh, running. 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 Oh, running. To play. Like yeah, professionally. Play. Okay. A, fav- a favourite sport to play. Professionally. Um, professionally. Probably, I don't know, probably swimming. I quite enjoy swimming. Yeah. Relaxing. Um, 
No, <laughs> relaxing is <laughs> rela- a competitive relaxing. Yeah, yeah. competitive relaxing. You're going to win out of 10. Yeah, I'll win out of that. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. J. Oh, thanks, yeah. Benny. Now we're going to move on. Oh. Okay, now we're going to announce the team lineup for the Ashes Cricket. For Australia, for Australia, we have David Warner, Marcus Har- Harris, Manus Labushang, Steve Smith, Matthew Wade, Mitchell Marsh, and Mitchell Stark, Pat Cummings, Nathan Lyon, Josh Hazelwood, and for England we have and for England we have Roy Burns, Joe Denley, Joe Root, Ben Stroke, Johnny Brainstroke, Brainstroke. Joss Butler, Jason Roy, Craig Overton, Jofa Archer, Stuart, Stuart Broad. Broad, and Jack Lee. And that is it for the teams for the Ashes. Now, unfortunately, our podcast has come to an end. Thank you for listening. Bye. 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 <laughs> Hi. I'm James. I'm David. I'm Hartley. And I'm Jake. And introducing our podcast, we'll be asking all sorts of funny and interesting questions. Our secret guest today is, yes, you guessed it, the Hawthorne loving man, the Vegemite addict. You know him and you love him, Mr. Mulcahy. And Mr. V, except he doesn't like all that stuff. Mr. Mulcahy, what is one food you can eat and never get sick of and why? Uh, well, look, fellas, does it surprise you if I say Vegemite? No, no. no. Uh, there's something about it, and uh, it's easy to make, which is a great thing. In the morning when you're rushing to get to work, you want to make an easy sandwich, and Vegemite is just my go-to, so you love it. Do you put it on toast? Uh, I put it on toast. Um, get this. I uh, When I put it on toast, I don't put butter on it, so it's toast and Vegemite over the top. I don't want any butter destroying the Vegemite experience. Interesting. Okay. Thank you. What is your favourite beverage and why? My favourite beverage is probably, I don't mind a beer, but I also I'm a bit of a fan of uh, just plain water. Yeah, healthy. Mm. What is the most bizarre food or drink? <laughs> most bizarre food, crikey. Uh, let me think. Most bizarre, oh, one time I've, I guess, does it sound weird if I say I've eaten snails? My no. mum's eating snails. I've yeah. had snails. Snails, snails aren't too bad, actually. I guess that probably Definitely. sounds weird, but, you know, when there's... I had it in Paris, which was lovely, and uh, being there in the first place, but uh, snails is uh, always a treat. <laughs> in a restaurant? Or? It was in a restaurant, yeah, yeah. What texture was it? It was, um, I don't know, it was a little bit chewy, but it had um, lots of beautiful garlic dripped all over it, so it just, uh, just tasted lovely. I think Did I you eat the shell? Uh, no, it was, no sh- it was shelled. So it was like just just the the the, the, the snail like without uh, yeah without without the uh, <laughs> shell. <laughs> In your opinion, what country has the best tasting food and why? Ooh, cr- anything in Europe. So a uh, bit of a fan of Italian food, bit of a fan of uh, French food, but I mean I just love food, fellas. I love it. I thought you were gonna say Australian because of Vegemite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. What is your favorite genre of food? My favourite genre of food. Genre. Um, so, type of food. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a fan of pasta. Yeah. So, uh, my family knows that um, if we're looking to cook me something quickly because they haven't made anything, it's always go to the spag. The spag option is always the winner. Spaghetti is yeah. my favourite as well. Beautiful. Love it. With meatballs? 
uh, meatball. Oh, you like meat? I like any kind. I like. Um, I guess I'm a bit of a pesto on my spag man at the minute, but I sort of vary between meatballs, sort of tomatoey sauce. Type. Look, I just like anything with uh, spag. Yeah, it's a winner. Spaghetti's my favourite as yep. well. I hear hardly. Homemade or dining out, and why? Uh, home or um, I'm I'm a bit lucky. I've got some brilliant cooks in my home, not me, and uh, so eating at home is like a complete treat for me. Although you know, who everyone loves going out to dinner, don't they? Yeah. So yeah. I uh, win on both fronts. Uh, would you prefer coffee or tea? Uh, I. I'm a bit of a coffee man in the morning, and then I might have the odd tea in the afternoon, so I'd say both. Personally, I like Lipton iced tea. Yeah, tip, Lipton's good. Don't mind that. Yeah, nice work. Coffee to get you going in the morning. Coffee gets me, well, gets me up. I, have, I only have coffee in the morning to wake me up. Bit of a strong brew yes. as well too, but yeah, tea's sort of like the, the sort of the calming thing in the evening. Yeah. I don't know why I'm going to ask you this question, but what is your on-the-go <laughs> snack and why? Can is you it Vegemite? It's Vegemite. That's why. <laughs> it is Vegemite. I, it's easy to make. In fact, I've got some in my bag, as you know. So I've, I've already <laughs> had a bit of a. I've, I've already had a bit of a Vegemite go this morning already at school. So, yeah, love the Vegemite. Very sour. What? No. No, Vegemite. Yeah. Delightful. Sour. It's a delightful taste. It has a good taste. Yeah. So, Mr. Venter, what is one food that you can eat and never get sick of, and why? Simple question: Pizza. Love pizza, delicious, uh, and there are lots of variations, so you can just never get sick of it. Nice. What is your favourite be- beverage and why? We're creaming soda. Yeah. That's a weird favourite beverage. Thank you. What is the most bizarre thing you have ever drink or eaten? Uh, I think when I was in Asia at one point, I might have eaten some sort of like spider at one stage. So that was yeah, that was a bit strange. In your opinion, what country has the best tasting food? I think Italy, because I do love pizza and I love pasta. So, yeah, we'll go Italy. Oh, quite good. Homemade or dining out and why? Uh, dining out. I like dining out because it uh, gets you out of the house and you can have a bit of fun. Yeah, dining out definitely. Coffee or tea? Coffee. What is your on-the-go snack and why? This is going to sound really boring, but I usually have an apple sitting in my bag where I can just grab it. Grab it out and yeah. Interesting. Thank you, Hartley. Thank you, listeners, for listening to our podcast. Bye. 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 I'm Lily. I'm Zara. And I'm Monica. And today we're going to be talking about the impact on the environment that humans cause and how it could be changed. Coming up on our program, we have a few special guests that will help us answer these questions. Our first guest is Jane, the cooking teacher from Crown Primary School. So Jane, where can a person go to breathe really fresh air? Hi girls, lovely to be here with you today. Now, to breathe really fresh air, we're really lucky in Australia. We have um, generally beautiful fresh air all over Australia. Um, We have a beautiful blue sky. Now, personally, if I want to go somewhere with beautiful fresh air, I'll go into the bush where the trees will breathe out the beautiful oxygen. So that's my favourite place to have fresh air. Thank you, Jane. Uh, Next question, which type of energy is the most environmentally friendly? Do you use this type of energy? Why or why not? 
Okay, I think there's uh, the main type of energy that we need to use is renewable energies. So we're going to look at things like solar, wind and tidal. Uh, myself, I use a lot of solar energy. I use solar energy at my house and in this workplace at this school, there's a lot of solar energy we use. And also when I travel, we have a little solar energy pack. That, so we're always using, trying to use renewable energies wherever we go. Thank you. That is a very good answer. And I really like how you're always wanting to use your renewable energies. What kind of pollution bothers you the most on a day-to-day basis? All right. I think the one, the thing that bothers me the most is overconsumption. When you see people go out and just buy, 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 take, 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 grab anything they can when they don't really need it. So just to be thoughtful, to reuse, recycle, reduce what you do. So overconsumption is, the, um, I think, um, the greatest polluter, I think, for, for me anyway. Yes. Thank you, Jane. I totally agree with that. And thank you for our, your wonderful answers. Do you try to buy environmentally friendly products? If so, could I please get some examples? Okay. I always try and buy environmentally friendly products. Every time I purchase something, whether it be food for the house, whether it be a food for the kitchen at the school, whether it be clothes for myself, whether it be furniture for my house, I always buy secondhand. Everything I bring into the house, all my clothing is secondhand, all my um, furniture is secondhand. Every single thing I do, I try to consume less. When I buy food, I look at the products, I see how far it's travelled, whether it's um, whether we've got low food miles, and I also look to see what sort of products are within that that item, such as I wouldn't use um, uh, uh, ingredients that are bad for the environment. So, yes, I always think about what I'm buying. Thank you, Jane. That is very environmentally aware of you. Our time is now up. We'll be back soon. And thank you, Jane, for being on our show. Pleasure. Absolutely lovely to be here with you girls. Here I have Mr. Vansittart with me. So, Mr. Vansittart, how can we help protect the environment? Uh, hi, Lily. Yeah, there's lots of things we can do to, to protect the environment. I think um, anything to reduce our carbon footprint would be fantastic. So, even simple things uh, like the way we use our bins or where you put our rubbish, how you get to school, see if you can walk to school rather than get on your, in your car. Uh, yeah, lots of simple things we can do. Yeah, so like, so like active transport. Good answer, Mr. Vansittart. What do humans do to environment that cause the impact? They call, oh, well, for example, well, any pollution really that, that humans cause. So you think about every any time you're in a car, you, there's pollution coming out of the exhaust. Um, so uh, cutting down trees, deforestation. So uh, we're great at school where we plant lots of trees at our school or we go down to the foreshore and plant lots of trees. So that's, that's fantastic for the environment. Great answer. What causes the environment to have climate change, in your opinion, Mr. Vansittart? Oh, that's a great question. So, once again, I think any greenhouse gas. So, um, yeah, like I said, reducing our carbon footprint is really important. So, anything that we're putting into the air, so out of our cars or big businesses polluting, um, yeah, once again, deforestation, so cutting down lots of trees, all that I think contributes to, to climate change. Yeah, I think so too. Great answer.
What kind of pollution is the worst for our health? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I'm going to give a really simple answer. I would think probably any type of pollution is probably not great for your health. <laughs> um, yeah, we want to try and stay away from that. Yeah. Our show has come to an end, but before we go, we have one more thing to say. Don't Don't forget forget to keep the environment safe. Bye! Hi, I'm Tom, and welcome to our podcast. And I'm Archie, and today we are going to be asking Mr. Mulcahy some questions that kids around our age are wondering. And seeing your opinion. So, Mr. Mulcahy, our main question is, why are there no mountain bike jumps or skate parks around Karam? That's a really good question. Why aren't there? I mean, there are so many kids. There's a school here. There's Pazin Lakes Primary School down the road. You think this is a great location for a jump park? I know um, over at Chelsea Park uh, in Chelsea Heights, there's an amazing you know centre there for kids to go and do jumps. In fact, kids from Karam drive all the way over there to do it. Why isn't there one here? I think it's a really good idea. I'm sure you have noticed people spending hours making jumps out of dirt and a shovel because they have nowhere to go. I have noticed that a lot. In fact, I've uh, during during lockdown, remote, there were some kids coming to school and just using the uh, around the the, the play the, the three the three to six playground. They're using that parts of that as as a jump because they just want to make it fun for themselves. So, I think um, it's a really good idea, boys. Have you got you got ideas where it could be located? Probably near Roydor Reserve. What do you think, Archie? Yeah, that's where me and Tom were thinking. I reckon that's a good location because there's so many, there's an open field, open areas there. There's the ovals. Then you got the on that sort of um, tradeways laneway, which is going to be the dog park area. But there's plenty of low spots down there where a, a really good uh, jumps thing could be located. What what sort of things would you like to see in the jumps park? Um, Probably lots of different like types of jumps. So beginner jumps intermediate jumps and like more more skilled jumps what sort of would it be for for scooters and bikes um probably a bike jumps made with dirt and gravel and then or a skate park for bikes and scooters so a bit of a combination one yeah i love the idea let's we let's put a petition together to make sure we have it in carom because carom needs it there are so many kids around. Do many of your friends go to uh, Chelsea Park to do use their skate park? Yeah, a lot of my friends. Archie? Yeah, same. Yeah, I know. So that's too far to travel. It's easy to have one right here. And in near Langwon, there's a skate park, and it's also next to some bike jumps. Oh, awesome. That's what should be located together. Yeah, terrific idea, boys. And 
Even people's shovels getting taken by the council. Even though bike jumps are all out of the way and harmless, and no reason people have been reporting it, and council have been taking them down. Where have you seen them? There's been some near Roy Door and near the wetlands. Oh, yes. I mean, they're good spots for having a jump, isn't it, really? Lots of good spots there. I guess because it's not an official location, council and others get a bit nervous about um, these things appearing. But, you know, if we had an official one where you're invited to come and like the Chelsea Park one and Langoran one, it would be okay and great for everyone to be there. Wow. I didn't know about those two options. That's... Mm. Isn't it a good thing that kids are going outside on bike rides with friends instead of sitting out home playing video games for hours? It's a much better option. I mean, we all want to be outside after being stuck inside with remote learning for so long, you know, doing stuff inside. You can get out for a short time. But yes, we want everyone to be able to get outside, young or old. Yep. Yeah. So, what do you think the process of these jumps being built would be? Um, I think I think it'd be good. What we could do is, firstly, we could write to the city of Kingston and uh, put a proposal to them to say, "Look, we need jumps. We've got, and maybe have a signed petition with uh, maybe hundreds and thousands of kids actually saying we need a jump in Carrum. And then um, you could talk to our local politicians, Sonia Kilkenny. She would have influence as well too. So, boys, I reckon um, the first step would be to getting a get, getting a petition together. Where do you think the council could build them? Well, I, I, th- I like your idea, Roydor Reserve. I reckon there's plenty of space down there where a really good jumps park would make a lot of sense. So, that your suggestion is spot on. Yeah, thanks for the interview. And together we are just us. Welcome to the show where we talk about random things happening. Tune in every Thursday to hear the latest news. Enjoy. Good morning, Mr Langford. We are going to ask you a few questions today in this episode. But first, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. I'm really happy to be on Just Us. It sounds like an exciting program that you girls are running. Okay, here's some questions. What do you like to do in your free time? Yeah, I, I like doing a lot of things with my family. We spend a lot of time playing games and things together. Um, I do enjoy playing golf, even though I'm not playing it very well at the moment, but that's one of my favourite pastimes. And and I also watch, um, I watch a lot of football, so I like watching the Demons in particular. 
Yeah, that's good. Um, what footy team do you go for? I just answered that, and everyone backs for them now, don't they, after them winning a premiership in Melbourne mm. Football Club? No, they're not no, that not great. Really. Oh, okay. Fair enough. What do you like to do in summertime? Love going to the beach. And in Carrum, we're really lucky because we've got the beach nearby. I live down in Mornington, so going down and going for a swim or using my stand-up paddleboard across summertime is lots of fun. That's really good. Um, what's your favourite movie? Really good question. Um, I had this one the other day. I think I go for a, a classic movie in um, Shawshank Redemption, which some people may have known. You might have you guys seen it? No, not no, uh, not really. no. It's um, a story about somebody who gets arrested um, for a crime against his wife, and and he wasn't guilty of it, and he took a long time until he was able to escape from jail and start his life again. Now that's interesting. What have you done for the school that has had the most impact? Well, good question. I, I think it would have to be um, when I get to spend time doing activities with the students and also with our, with our teachers. I think we're really lucky to have great students and great teachers at the school. Um, and I think the impact that I can have is in making sure that they're um, coming to school in the right mindset, ready to have a go at doing their best. How has COVID affected you personally? I think it's affected everyone, hasn't it? How challenging has it been at times to try and um, do all our learning online? That's been really hard. It's been good sometimes if you get to stay home and eat when you want to eat and drink when you want to drink and do all those things. But at the other times it's hard because you haven't been able to see your friends and connect with the people here at school. So I think in terms of the work of a school, it's been really challenging to get uh, make sure that every child will go to every class every day. I think that's probably been the hardest thing. Yeah. And how has COVID affected the school? Um, the, I think that it's there's been some positives that have come out of COVID. I think that the parents and the, and the teachers work really closely together to support all our students. Um, some of the challenges have been that with the children not being able to come to school, you miss out on spending time with your friends and your teachers. And so some, sometimes the students won't have done it, all the work that they would have done if they were at school. What is your favourite fruit? Yeah, good question. Um, banana's probably my go-to, but I think mango is not a bad option either around summertime. I think that most people will love mango and, and watermelon will probably have to be a, a summertime favourite as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you have any pets? I do. I've got two pets. I've got a dog, a dog called Jet. Um, she's a cross between a Kelpie and a Labrador. And I've also got a, a cat uh, called Missy. Um, which uh, is probably an employee rather than a pet in my mind because it keeps the mice away. Yeah, cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is the one thing that you could change about the school and why? Uh, I, look, I think that we're, we're doing everything pretty well and we're working in the right direction. I think slowly we just make changes um, that, that are reflective of how the children are going at school. Um, I suppose one thing that I hope has changed since I spoke to the grade five sixes last week is that we're always kind to each other. And if everyone could be kind to each other all of the time, that would be fantastic. And that is all for the questions. Mr Langford, you had some great answers. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Come back next Thursday to hear the latest news. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Hello, I'm Thane, and welcome to the Animal Crew. Today on the Animal Crew, we will talk about the axolotl and its amazing features and funny things our pets do, and ask some someone seven things about their pets or pet. Fun fact on the axolotl: Did you know the axolotl is one thousand times more resistant to catcher than mammals? And it can regrow its heart, lungs, spine, and most of its limbs back, as well as some parts of its brain five times. Its feathery branches are actually its skills, and are native to one part of the world, as well as they can evolve into salamanders. So now that we are talking about funny things our pets do, let's all say three things our pets do. Chance, do you want to start? Um, my pets don't really do anything funny. Okay. Uh, Levi, how about you? My dog runs into doors. When locked out of any room, he'll cry and fall over, as well as, as thinking sit is spin. And my cat loves to chase nerf darts. Whenever you start chopping anything, he'll me- he will meow, thinking it's chicken. And one of my birds likes to sit in front of a mirror, being lonely. Da, 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 da. Now for our special guest, Mr. A. So, Mr. A, what pet do you have? I've got five pets. So, I've got... um, Do you want to know what they are? Uh, Yeah, sure. That's the question. Right. My pets are... I've got a a small puppy. And I've got two cats. And I've got two budgies. Okay. What gender are they? The puppy is a boy. I've got a... The cats are a boy and a girl. And the birds, the two budgies, are both boys. How old are they? The puppy is about eight months. The cats are about 18 months. Because they're brother and sister. And the birds, the two budgies, are about two years old. What colour are they? Right. The dog, the puppy, he is... They call it fawn. Um, so he's a mixture of black, brown, and grey. Um, the cats are—they're both tabby cats, and so they like a khaki colour with black stripes through it. They look like tigers, sort of. If you can think of a khaki and black tiger. Um, and then the budgies are—they one's green and yellow, and the other's blue and white. And what breed is it? The puppy is a well. He's a miniature fox terrier cross toy poodle. Uh, the cats are tabby cats, and the um, budgies are budgies. What is a funny thing they do? A funny thing they do. Um, a funny thing they do. So, well, okay, we'll start with the budgies. The one budgie, the, the one budgies boy is Bomber. He likes to eat. If you go up close to the cage and put your hair next to the cage, he eats your hair. Um, the other one, Crackers, the green one, he is, um, he just doesn't stop making a noise. He just loves singing. He sings all day long and annoys my wife very much. Um, the female cat, Poppy, she is absolutely, absolutely in love with my son, follows him everywhere. She is infatuated with him in his bed, wherever he goes, she goes. Um, the boy cat is Rambo, and he is um, he is very funny because at ten o'clock every night, absolutely every night, he will headbutt my wife for food. 
Um, and it's quite weird. You can see anytime around 10, Rambo will come into the lounge room and start headbutting my wife. Um, and the puppy, what does he do that's funny? Um, I, don't know, I can't think of anything funny in particular. He's very, he's very cute. But I can't think of anything really funny that he does. Oh, he, he is a young boy, so he does like to, um, he does like to, I don't know if this, but it's true, like he does like to mate with everything, like he, the chair, you, you know, he'll try to mate your leg. Um, we took him to the park the other day to meet his siblings, you know what his siblings are, so his brothers and sisters, and he tried to mate with his brothers and sisters, which was a bit awkward. Um, but yeah, that's, I suppose that was kind of funny in hindsight. <laughs> And um, just a random question: uh, Does Rambo have like a red um, bandana? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> it would okay. be cool if he did, though. Okay, but the actual question is: um, How much do you love each pair one to ten? Um, I love them all very much, but I guess if I have to rank them, I'd say I get the puppy gets a ten. He's he's very cool. His name's Chili. Um, the cats, the female cat gets a nine. The male cat gets a six. We don't get on very much. Um, and the budgies are awesome, so they can get eights, eight and a halves. Uh, thanks, Mr. A. Um, and thank you for listening to today's episode of The Animal Crew. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yep. Welcome to SVZ. Hi, I'm Violet. I'm Sienna. And I'm Zahara. And today we'll be asking a few questions about lockdown. We'll be interviewing Mr J. Here he comes now. Hi Mr J, we'll be asking a few questions about lockdown. So, what was your favourite part about lockdown and why? Hi girls. Um, oh, my favourite part about lockdown. There's, that's a very, very, very short list. I've got to say, that's a very short list, my favourite things about lockdown. I, I did like just being able to slow down a bit though. I think it was nice just to be able to slow down a bit and not not go so fast with work and, and things like that. It was nice. What did you do to entertain yourself? During lockdown? Yeah. Lots of work. I don't know how entertaining that was though. Lots of um watched a lot of Netflix, did a lot of online shopping. <laughs> um yeah. Basically that was that was just about it. That's all that you really could do in lockdown, I think. What was your least favourite part about lockdown and why? Hmm. Um, yeah, that's a that's a much longer list, isn't it? Um, I I really disliked not being able to see family and friends. That was that was probably and miss out on all the birthdays and special events and things like that. That was my least favourite. How did you keep fit? <laughs> is that a trick question <laughs> um, um i actually i um there are lots of youtube videos on um like doing aerobic exercise and things like that so there actually was as as funny as it is for you guys to think of your teacher dancing around in his lounge room um doing aerobic stuff in front of the tv that is actually what was that is a truth that did happen um and also going for long walks and stuff and um i even took up running believe it or not during, over, so... i know even i even took up running over over lockdown okay. it's just weird Oh, Mr. J. Thank you. And lastly, what did you do after remote learning? After remote learning, what do you mean? Like oh, w- after. like after the day. Yeah. Well, once when you, <laughs> you guys got on um, 
for classes at around nine o'clock. And would you think, would you say that it was fair to say you guys knocked off at about 12 o'clock? Yeah. Yeah. 12.30. Well, 12, 12.30, <laughs> um, maybe 11. Um, I was pretty much working solidly right up until about 6.30, 7 o'clock at night, marking work and oh. preparing yeah. other things. So, um, after remote learning, I usually cooked dinner and went to bed. <laughs> that was, okay. That was it. Thank you, Mr. J. See you next time on SVZ. And I was like, baby, 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 oh! like baby, 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 no, like. Welcome back to the Caram Cops, where we find out how things are going down in Run B Run. Well, how is it going down? Well, Emily, it's a pretty tough time for our beloved chickens, as they realise they're slowly being replaced by the goats. We recently received a voicemail from the chickens, and we're happy to play it now. What an inspiring message that was. Will you translate it for the people who don't speak chicken, Maya? We have been living like bozos for the past six months because of these attention-seeking goats. Our life has been like hell ever since they arrived. Please help. Whoa, that made me cry. Me too. Let's see what the goats have to say. I'll translate it for you. We are being bullied. Jokes on them, we are the bulliest bullies. Chickens are so ugly. Ew. We all make mistakes sometimes, but the goats are only kids. Now let's see what Mr. Mulcast has to say about this serious issue. Whose side are you on? Chickens or goats? Oh, girls. A tricky question. Um, bit of a fan of uh, goats, but I think I'm probably on the chook side. Don't mind the old chookies. Do you believe that what the chicken said was true, or do you think that it's false? I I've, I think you might have uh, the, your interpretation of what they were saying is probably wrong because the, my interpretation of what what I heard then was like, we love being at Karen Primary School. We love all the animals here and all the children. It's a jolly hockey sticks place. I think that's what they were saying. Maybe I've got a different translation. I don't know. How do you feel when you hear about this violence between the goats and the chickens? Yeah, uh, see, I don't, I don't believe there's any violence. I believe there's just love and jolly hockey sticks, and everyone's having a lovely, gorgeous time together. I know the goats have, uh, uh, they're like, they are the most beautiful goats we've got at our school, aren't they? They are fabulous. They are beautiful goats. We're very lucky. And the chooks, they're doing their own thing. Um, I think together, the the relationship is very strong and very loving. I right, could answer. Do you believe the chickens and the goats are treated fairly? I think they're treated very fairly. I think we look after them very well. I think we they're always getting their food. They're always getting their plenty of you know attention from you guys when you go and feed them. And uh, of course, they love seeing each other as well too. Thanks, Mr. Mulkey. Well, that about covers our show. Make sure to stay tuned for more information. Merry Christmas. See you next time, or not.